Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 20th of February 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Home is a complicated concept for all of us. Is home where you currently keep your toothbrush, or is it where your family hangs out? Or is it any place where you feel comfortable and safe? Home means many things to many people, and while we wander through the convoluted streets of Hong Kong this week, we'll be listening to this week's story from Jessica about a home she never had. But before we get to this week's story, we'd like to send out a warm and heartfelt thank you to our hometown listeners here in Hong Kong. We feel the love from you and return it wholeheartedly. Thanks go out too to listeners in Cape Coral in Florida, in the USA, Halifax in Canada, and Valencia in Spain. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our February show is coming up on the 27th at the Fringe Club, and our storytellers are busy practicing their stories for the big night. Our shows sell out fast, so make sure you get your tickets soon. Find the links and everything else you need at hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now from our show with the theme of home in October 2018, here's Jessica. I never lived with my dad. His place was never home. This didn't bother me when I was a kid. I always knew that my dad had done something terribly wrong to my mom. I knew that he must have really hurt her for my mom to bar him from visiting me when I was just two years old. I knew he had been an alcoholic. She only suggested that I contact him when I was nine years old, after my first stepfather abandoned the two of us and I broke down and told her that he'd been abusive towards me for years. She handed me a photo of a man with snowy white hair, gently lined features, and large dark eyes. At first I was scared. What if he turned out to be like my ex-stepfather? But a week later, I decided to contact him. He almost instantaneously showed up at my door with a large bouquet of flowers. Over the course of the next year, he let me determine how we got to know one another and was incredibly supportive. We settled into a routine. He would take me to singing and dance classes after school. Every Saturday, we, he would come and pick me up and we would watch movies, play chess and talk for hours. He would help me develop my story ideas because he was a writer and playwright himself. But I was never invited to spend the night, and I never asked to. It didn't really occur to me when I was growing up to ask for more. I remember once I had a dream about my mom dying. And even in the dream, I didn't move in with my dad. I stayed in my home, living with my current stepfather. I only began to wonder about our relationship when I was in my 20s. How close were we really? What would have happened if I had asked to spend the whole weekend? His apartment had a spare room, but he put it, he'd made it into his office, so I couldn't be sure of his answer. Had I only avoided rejection by never asking? I guess I was unsure of his answer because my childhood sketch of his character had several gaps. 
He had taken me to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings where he talked about his life. He'd written several autobiographical plays, which I attended and in some cases performed in. But I knew next to nothing about his grandparents, about his aunts, his uncles, or his cousins. I knew very few of his friends and hardly knew any of their names. By then, I was living in New York. He couldn't afford to visit me very often. He also had hearing problems, so long phone calls were difficult to manage. I could only make it down to Florida a few times a year, but I tried to make the most of that time to really connect and get to know him as an adult. And then time ran out. Two years ago, my dad died from a heart attack. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Before I could process all of the, there were more practical considerations that we had to confront. We needed to locate his will. We were pretty sure that he was going to leave everything to my stepmother. My stepmother had been in and out of the hospital for the last two years and it was going to take a lot of financial resources to ensure that she was able to continue to receive treatment. But my stepsister, my half-brother, and myself all came down to Florida to try to get the rest of my dad's affairs in order. I was the last one to arrive. By the time I got there, my siblings had been frantically looking all over my dad's apartment, trying to find where he kept the important documents. As soon as I walked in the door, I understood why. All over his apartment were boxes upon boxes of paperwork. There were boxes in the living room. There were boxes in the bedroom. There were boxes in his office. There were boxes in the hallway. There were boxes in the closet. The only, there, only the bathroom was free of boxes. And these boxes were from the 1980s and 90s, just repeatedly recycled. So you might start off reading one that said Christmas cards, but then that would be crossed out and it would read uh, instead 2002 tax write-offs, only to actually contain the credit card information from 2010. And also, my dad had this lovely but inscrutable handwriting. It was like he spent his life doing interpretive dances across the page with his pen. We checked the box that seemed to be marked emergency documents. Nothing. Okay, well maybe he stored them electronically, except for the latter part of, this, of my dad's 77 years, he was very wary of technology. The computer was kept under his desk in parts collecting dust. I think he only kept it because it was more of a hassle to get rid of it. By now, my siblings were very busy trying to finalize funeral arrangements and care for my stepmother, so it was up to me to continue the search. I braced myself as I went into his office, trying to turn off this ache that continued to grow. The room was actually strangely comforting. It felt like a nest, warmly lit and earthy, with random bits of knickknacks hanging on the walls and covering the cabinets. A cup from his father, cards from my brother, feathers from burning trips with my stepmother, 
he had hung a self-portrait that I had done in high school on the wall. He's, he's so sentimental, kind of like me. I scan his trove of books that are strewn about the room. There are texts on history, psychology, Catholicism, Shakespeare, acting. And I shake my head remembering that we are both interested in a wide array of things, which leads us to take on way too many projects, probably why I'm in this current situation. I check his desk, nothing. I look in the drawers, nothing. But as I'm standing in the midst of all of these files and boxes and labels, I think to myself, my dad is like me. He also loves the idea of being organized more than actually being organized. So I muse to myself, what would I do with important documents that I still needed to look at? I would probably put them in a place where I would have to move them constantly to remind myself to finish them and stop procrastinating. So then I see the, st- the stack of papers on the chair next to my dad's desk. I sift through them, and there's the will, the deed to the house, his insurance information, and all the other important documents. I look up expecting to see him, his eyes gleaming and tilted slightly to the side. I glance down at the will to read a paragraph I hadn't expected to see. To my son and my daughter, I leave my writings and my plays to be shared in equal measure. He knew what I needed. I finally understood my place among his boxes and memorabilia. I finally understood what we meant to each other. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Special thanks go out this week to Edward, who took care of all the storytellers in the October show. We appreciate all your work, Edward. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.